Now we're rolling Blake O'Rulian alongside Tyler Call out of Aguima, the three and two fighter, fresh off of his win back in April. Tyler, how you been, man? I'm doing good, Blake. Thanks for having me on. We are so happy to have you. We were so happy for you to make your fierce debut back in April. We're so happy to have you here on the podcast. How have things been just since that win over Tony Galetti a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, um, getting the win, it's always it's always a good feeling, you know, being able to being able to go in there, do what you do, do what you've practiced, um, just be able to walk away with that win is always awesome. But then it's good to be able to look back on that and what are things that I feel like I did well. What are some things I need to work on? See, see maybe the way the holes in your game are and really start to tackle those a little bit. So it's been good. It's been um, it's nice to have the win, but it's definitely good to see where you can still improve. How did you feel like you did in that performance against Tony? So I've, I've thought a lot about this. Um, going into it, I knew that he was going to be a very strong uh, jiu-jitsu guy, very good grappler, and I figured that was where he was going to want to take it. I thought that my uh, strength was going to be in the striking. And so that was kind of the game plan going in. And then I got in there, kind of just went to default mode, and I went in striking and went to the takedown. Kind of scrambled for a little bit on the cage, and then he ended up on top. And I was just kind of sitting on bottom. I wasn't even mad. I was just kind of frustrated. Like, that was stupid. I really shouldn't have shot. That was a bad call on my part. I shouldn't do that in this round. We're kind so, of we're grappling and anyway. So five fights in, do you still find yourself? I mean, you've been fighting for a few years now. Do you still mm -hmm. find yourself going, gosh, why do I still go to the default rather than following, you know, whatever game plan that you all at Agima have kind of planned out for yourself? Yeah. Um I it's frustrating because sometimes I do find myself going to that default, but that's a big part of the fight game, right? Is making those mid-fight adjustments of this is not working. I need to switch to something else, which I feel like was really what I did in between rounds, talking to my corners. They're saying, all right, like, you know, you've seen what he can do grappling, but he can't hang with you striking. Let's keep it standing. So what I did, he ended up shooting kind of a desperation takedown and I was able to reverse it and uh, hit the ground. So being able to make that mid fight adjustment is important, but yeah, I was a little frustrated that I felt like I I kind of defaulted there for a second. You know, back-to-back -back wins, you know, you're having a lot of success in middleweight. What do you want next? Like, like, is the pro career something that, you know, down the road you want to do? Or are you comfortable in the amateur ranks for the moment? I, I think I'd like to go pro eventually. I definitely want to get a few more amateur fights under my, under my belt. But um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, that pro career. I don't know if I'm necessarily looking to make it to the UFC or to the, the highest promotions ever. But um, I think that's kind of a, a natural next step for me to really push myself is see how I can hang at the, uh, the local pro level. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to, to locals, I mean, you fought a handful of people, obviously you train alongside along a lot of them as well. What was it like making that walk in the Maverick Center? I know we personally talked and you said that you were really looking forward to, you know, being at a venue like that. What was that like for you yeah. for the first time? Um, it was it was cool. It was really cool to have just that that crowd and that environment. Um, stepping into the cage itself, it's a little weird just with the lights on you and everything and you you kind of tune out the crowd. It's just kind of like black. I think the best analogy I've heard is it's almost like, fighting in like outer space 
you just like light and then you can't see anything. You can kind of like hear a little bit of something. It's just kind of like a dull roar. And then afterwards you just, you know, getting your hand raised, you realize you look around at everyone just screaming for you and just so excited for you. It's such a cool feeling. Completely candidly, I've known you for years. And so I'm going to ask you some more behind the scenes questions just because <laughs> yeah. I'm purely curious. How much do you hear in there? Like, like, what is it like when you are in there? Can you hear the crowd? Can you hear specifically maybe your wife or, or a friend of yours? Or are you just like, I can hear Dane, I can hear Court, or can you even hear them? Um, my first few fights, I couldn't hear anything. Just adrenaline going. I, I couldn't hear anything except for the blood pumping through my ears. Um, I think that's kind of something you get used to with time is learning to uh, pick out your your corner's voice. Um, that's something that as I've fought more, I've gotten better and better at doing. Um, no, I really, maybe if somebody's screaming really loud, I might be able to, to hear something, but I don't really register it until afterwards or never really processes. So it's just kind of all about the, the fight in that moment. So if we could, I'd love to flip the script a little bit more recently yeah. than your last fight was you were helping fighters cut weight. You were cornering as Dane and court were out at UFC Charlotte at that last challenger mm -hmm. series card. What was that like for you? And I, I think you've done it in the past too, for other fighters. Is that yeah. correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, um, I think learning to corner is, is such an important skill, right? That we're all growing and learning together at, at Adima. Um, and it gives me a real appreciation for um, to both sides of the coin, right? To fighting and to being a corner, learning how people cut weight and how to help people and things like that. Um, I, I'm a coach at Adima as well. I've been coaching kickboxing for a few years now. And I love, I love, I love the coaching aspect as well, in addition to the fighting. So getting more familiar with that side um, has been an awesome experience. It's crazy to think how quickly Agima has kind of grown and, and where it's at now. I remember when the school opened, I mean, we were there as, as some of the first people at that gym. Yeah. And I'm curious in your eyes, from your perspective, where have you seen the gym grow as a whole? What have you, or what are you proud of um, out of Agima over the last couple of years and its growth? Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a great question. I think just the presence the gym has come to have in Utah, both in like the jiu-jitsu scene and in the, the MMA scene. And like you said, it's only been around for, what, three years? It'll three be, it'll be years, four years like in the summer. Yeah, four years this summer. And the first year year and a half of that was during covid when nobody was really trying new things everything was shut down so for it to to come on the scene as strongly as it had and have such a strong presence at jiu-jitsu tournaments have such an active fight team i mean we have fighters on almost every card in utah like we have we have a ton of fighters coming in i remember the very first fight team it was me zach hamilton will and andrew d it was it was four of us. We're like, well, I guess we should learn how to fight. And Dan was there, kind of helping us. And since then, we've come to, you know, have I don't know, twenty, thirty active fighters, whatever many we have, and it's it's awesome. That tugs at the heartstrings because I do remember the four of you would just linger around after you know 
jujitsu practice and you were the four that were getting ready and, you know, talking about making weight and doing all these things. And it all felt so new. And now it just seems like it's a completely well-oiled machine. What has it been like seeing yourself, Will, Zach? I know Andrew hasn't fought in a while, but I, I know that, that you're all still good friends and things like that. What has it been like seeing all four of you kind of grow as fighters? Will Dean's been a champion. Zach's fought for belts. I mean, you all have kind of grown into your own over the last three and a half years. Yeah. Um, it's just amazing to see the growth, right? Like these are guys that I'm with for hours every day, trained together, we trained together for years, known each other since before Adima was even a gym. Um, so to just have that like camaraderie and brotherhood and see each other succeed and be there for the highs and the lows, it's just it's awesome. It's it's a relationship and like a camaraderie that you can't really get anywhere else. What got you into martial arts? like years and years ago yeah um i uh growing up in high school i was all always a sports guy I played football and rugby and ran track and then i uh went and served my my mission and i came home and i just kind of needed a new physical outlet i needed something to do um and my older brother suggested that i give jujitsu a try and i did and my first practice, I had no idea what was going on, but I loved it. Um, so I decided I wanted to try and stick it out and see what happened. And then the, uh, the striking came along a few months after that. And just been doing it as much as I could ever since then. That was about six years ago. When did the striking kind of become a part of the, the game? Because I personally can't remember like an exact time. I just kind of remember it was like, oh, Tyler's going to take a fight. Yeah. Yeah, um, striking came along probably about four months after I started jiu-jitsu. Um, and the reason why it really came about was, as far as jiu-jitsu goes, you had local tournaments and things like that you can, you can compete in as a way to just sort of test yourself and see how you maybe measure up against people from other schools. And there wasn't really anything like that for striking except for taking a fight. So as kind of the, the step of pushing myself and seeing where I was at, that just seemed like the, the best way to do it. And uh, luckily moving to Agima, Dane and Amy were awesome to kind of help us figure out how that whole process works to help us get set up with promoters and figure all that out. So, Was it you who went to Dane and Amy, or was it, you know, the, the, that initial four of you that went all together? How did that process go from, we're just going to do jujitsu, the four of you into, we want to yeah. actually start up a fight team. Um, I think that was a big reason why we, why we came to a game in the first place. That was sort of the pull was that we knew that, um, that was something Dane had talked about was starting a fight team and having a, um, a team that's actively, actively fighting and competing like that and really sort of taking things to the next level. And so that was why we came to Adima. Um And we didn't really know anything about the process. So it was sort of us coming to him saying, how does this actually work? And then him taking us under his wing and showing us the process, showing us the ropes of taking a fight, making weight, running a fight camp, all that sort of stuff. What are some of the differences between under the Friday night lights, a big Saturday, you know, track meet or big rugby game versus making that walk to an MMA cage? Yeah. Um, 
I think the biggest thing is ultimately like in MMA fights, it's just about you and the other guy, right? Every other or most of the other sports that I did, there was some element of the, the team. You know, maybe in track you're competing sort of individually, but you're still racing with other people, right? There's, there's that football and rugby, obviously, it's all about the team. Um, the MMA, man, it's just it is you. Like that's all. That's all it is. It's just you and the other guy. And um, I've said this, but I think I think fighting is what every other sport pretends to be. It's just the, the purest physical competition that you can have. So, is, is that something that attracted you to it in the first place? Do you think? Um, I don't think initially. I think it was just kind of to push myself and see where I was but as I thought about it and the more that I've fought I I've realized how much I really appreciate that aspect of it that it is yeah it's it's the purest form of a physical competition that you can have I, I do I am curious we kind of talked about you know potentially you know going pro and fighting in the regional area as a professional at some point but yeah. really how long do you think you do want to do this I mean I know you are married I, do you have a kid now I believe do you... I, I don't Okay, I, for some uh, reason, I thought picture. you had a kid. No, no kids. Uh, they're uh, they're in the picture. So sooner rather than later, most likely. But um, <laughs> you know, it's. I, I think I'm going to do it as long as it as long as it feels feels right and it feels like it's my path. I think jujitsu is something that I'll do the rest of my life. Fighting is something that, um, you know, if you're if you're going to fight, then you got to put in the time to to fight and train, and that's a big a big time commitment. So as soon as I feel like that's taking away time from um, my family or things that are that I deem of more importance, then, you know, it might be time to call it quits. But for right now, I think um, get keep going as long as I can. Is there anything you think you could see, you know, hopefully not happen, but is there anything that you could see where if you got brutally knocked out or something like that, that you think it would sway you away from the sport? Um, I, I thought so when I first started, but, uh, unfortunately my second fight didn't really go the way that I wanted. I did end up getting knocked out and it was a, it was a pretty brutal knockout. Um, and that was, that was hard to come back from, but the fact that I did come back from it proved a lot to myself, um, that I, I'll be done with this sport when I'm ready to be done with this sport that nothing and no one can make me quit except for me. How much do you think you've grown from that fight to now as, as, as someone who has gone from, you know, pretty green in the game to much mm -hmm. more seasoned now? Yeah, I think that that fight changed a lot for me. That was when I realized that I needed to take this a little more seriously. I needed to drop down a weight class, um, changed a lot about how I trained striking and how I did my striking because I've watched that back and, caught me uh kind of overextended i was reaching on something i shouldn't have been reaching for so that was a looking back that was a very pivotal moment for me of when i decided that if i'm gonna do this then i need to take this much more seriously yeah i remember so your first two fights were at light heavyweight your last three have been at middleweight and mm -hmm. if i remember correctly even the cut to light heavyweight was tough at the beginning you kind of had like a, a big weight loss kind of journey headed into when you headed into your MMA career. Is that correct? Is that fair to say? Yeah, I was a, I was a, I was a pretty big boy when I started this. I was walking around, around like 2.30. I was, I was heavy. 
Um, so luckily kind of over the course of the camp, I was usually able to lose most or all of that. So my actual weight cut, the, the day of weigh-ins or something like that, my glycogen cut really wasn't too bad. Um, but I did end, definitely end up losing a lot of weight over the course of preparing training for a fight. Yeah. What was that like, or how difficult was that to kind of make, I mean, completely honest, like a lifestyle change. Cause you make 185 now. I mean, if you're walking around at 230 a couple of years ago, I mean, that's a drastic drop in, in not just water weight, but that is a legitimate lifestyle change that you've had to make mm -hmm. for this fight career that you have. Yeah, it's, it's been kind of a drastic change, but hundred percent worth it. I feel so much better just walking around in this way. I feel like this is a very healthy, sustainable weight for me. I feel strong. I feel quick. I, it, it was a big lifestyle change, but hundred percent worth it. No regrets. Oftentimes I hear a lot of people say, you know, that if you do gain a lot of weight, it, you know, or, or if you lose a lot of weight, you like, I, I can't remember the exact percentage, but a high percentage gain it back in your opinion. Yeah. And we can get off this subject, but, but how have you not been, you know, how have you kept from gaining that weight back? Is it just kind of knowing um, that you got to get, you got to make weight at some point? That's, that's a big part of it is yeah. Knowing that I, I have to be able to make weight. And I remember Mitch Ramirez um, told me one time we were talking about cutting weight and he was telling me about his process. He told me that his goal when he was an amateur was to never be more than two weeks out from being able to make weight. And I thought that was pretty, pretty solid advice. If you know, you're an amateur, you want to be able to take something short notice for pops up. So that's, that's usually my goal is to never get to the point that um, I'm, I'm so worried about my weight that I don't feel like I could take a bike from two or three weeks out. So I'm always trying to stay around that 200 to 205 um, range and having that in mind has yeah definitely definitely affected that and then also just kind of comparing how I feel physically now to how I felt when I was a lot bigger it, yeah it's just not worth it like it, it feels good in the moment but not worth it at all you talked about Mitch Ramirez and, you know, he's one of many big names over at a game, obviously court McGee, you got Marco who helps so much with the striking Andrew Mickelson, the amateur yeah. middleweight champion. What has it been like being in the room with people with such high level Caitlin Neal's another big one that I just thought of too. Um, it's awesome. Having that level of um, knowledge about MMA, that level of experience, just those kinds of people with what they bring to the table and having the opportunity to train with them. I mean, I'm, I'm very involved partners with court and Marco for their training camps, just because of how the size matches up. Um, and I've learned so much from both of those guys and Andrew Mickelson is another one, but, you know, being able to constantly train and just rub shoulders with those guys, I feel like has made me such a better fighter. You talked a little bit about your your older brother suggesting you to get into jujitsu. How long had he been training when he suggested it to you? And I believe he still trains, doesn't he? Yeah, he's he's sort of off and on. He actually he hadn't really really trained jujitsu either. He was in the army, so we'd done the, the army combatants program. But he suggested it just as something that he was looking for something to kind of get active again. Um, he suggested that we try it together, so we ended up going to uh, Wasatch Combat Sports together, and we trained there for a few years. Um, and then I went to a game, like he sort of um, got busy with some other things. But 
we, we initially started training together and that was a lot of fun. Tyler, when it comes to your career so far, five fights in, actually, first question I'm going to ask you, when do you think you're going to fight again? When do you think we could see you again? Yeah. Um, hoping to get something lined up this summer, kind of looking at your guys' August card. Um, love to love to be able to hop on that. So you've been around for a minute now. You've had highs, lows, wins, losses. Um, you've seen teammates come and go. For you, what has been the highlight of the last couple of years as an MMA fighter? That's a really good question. Highlight for me as an MMA I mean, obviously, winning a fight is always kind of a, a real high point. Um, but I think even, I won't necessarily say even better than that, pretty much on the same level. Um, because I was one of the, the first people on the Aguima fight team, we've had um, a lot of guys who have come in and they want to take a fight, don't really know the process, so they join the fight team. When we first started, I was kind of the only um, dead guy. We had a bunch of lightweights, and then it was me. Um, and so there have been a few people um, that I feel like I've sort of taken under my wing and just really been able to like work with and and uh, kind of code be halfway between a coach and a teammate, you know. I'm not necessarily teaching them everything I know, but we're we're pulling them aside and we're working on stuff and drilling and things like that. Um, Andrew Mickelson is one that when he first started, we worked together a lot. Jake Jarman, who's gonna be fighting in July, he's one that we've worked together a lot. So seeing somebody that I feel like I I've worked with or you know that um, we've worked to, or we've trained together really closely. Seeing them come in and win a fight is always just such a cool experience because you know like the high that they're having right now, the just the emotions that they're going through, um, and to know that like you were a part of that and you were able to help them get there. I mean, obviously, not like taking credit for it, but you know, to no. be able to come in and just just help people on their journey is is such a cool. I, I have to say, I think that, you know, the narrative of, of you borderline being happier for your teammates than yourself in those big moments is very, it's uh that's not a surprising narrative that coming, coming from you, considering your character, that's, that's kind of who you've always been as the selfless guy, the good guy in the gym. What has it been like? And I don't want to make this all about everyone else, but yeah. what has it been like seeing someone like Andrew, who you and I remember that first day when he came in, you were in probably those first, you know, moments of him putting on those sparring gloves. What was it like, or what has it been like, I should say, seeing him go from day one to now being yeah. literally one of the top names in the entire West Coast? Um, it's cool. It's really cool to see how much he's grown. Um you know, it's he's he's a teammate. And at the end of the day, I I love that dude. He's he's amazing. He's one of the most athletic people I've ever met. Um, and I'm again just glad that I'm able to train in the same room as him and hopefully give him some good rounds because he gives me some good rounds and uh, get better together. You know. So. Last question for me: What's the number one thing you want out of your career over the next couple of years? That's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, I mean, I know Andrew's got the belt right now. I'd be lying if I said I didn't didn't have my eye on that at some point, depending on how our timelines work out. But 
I don't know if I could say that there's any any single thing that I, I want for my career. I think it's mostly just I want to I want to take this as far as I can and feel like I've been able to make a difference in my life and then continue to coach and, and help others beyond that. So well, we will have to see where Andrew Mickelson ends up going in terms of if he jumps up to pro. You and Bain Varner are on that short list of some of the top middleweights in the entire state. We will have to see how everything plays out over the next couple of years. He is Tyler yeah, Call. Thank you so much for joining us here today. I really, really appreciate it. And we will see you in a couple of months, hopefully, on another Fierce Card, man. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me, Blake.